If you have your Bibles, turn with me for a few moments, and I realize my time is limited. And so I am going to do my best to be conscious of that. But I really feel a, a, a burden in my spirit and a hunger to communicate with you. Let me just say, uh, while you're turning, Matthew chapter 13, verse 31 and 32, the prayer that we have been praying I hope you do not take it lightly because it's already working. I've already had someone come and tell me, Brother Hughes, I got notification the other day. I don't know how much it is. It may only be $2, but something that's been owed me for 25 years, and I'm not even in the same place I was when they owed that to me. They have tracked me down and are trying to find me so they can get it to me now. Don't tell me it doesn't work. Amen. Brother Tony just told me about an experience that happened to them this week. And the Lord worked a miracle and brought something back into their hand that had been lost. I'm just telling you, God knows how to take care of His people. And when you honor God, God will honor you. Amen. So remember that when you pray. I am a tither and a giver, and there are expectations. I should not be ashamed to ask God to do what He said He wants to do. He said, prove me and see if I will not do this. So we're not asking him to do something he doesn't want to do. Amen. All right. Matthew 13, verse 31. And another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like to a grain of mustard seed, which a man took and sowed in his field, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, everybody say, when it is grown, it is the greatest among herbs. It is the greatest among herbs and become a tree so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the branches thereof. I want to talk to you for a few moments this morning about a journey from least to greatest. Amen. Say that with me. A journey from least to greatest. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing in honor of the Word of God. I am not here today to preach a message that will wow you. I hit a home run or that home thinking it was sensational or that I hit a home run, or that it was extraordinary or amazing. Neither do I come with a message of woe. I'm not here to threaten you with punishment, although some of us may need to be. I'm not here to preach doom or calamity. I am not here to censor or to judge or to distress you. As a matter of fact, 
by the time I get through preaching or in the, somewhere along the way, you're going to wonder if I've lost my mind. But so be it. I got over that a long time ago. Rather, what I would like to do this morning is to come to you with the message that makes you go, Oh, oh, not wow or woe, but oh, say that with me. Oh, oh, I pray somehow that something will awaken in your spirit and draw you to a place that God is waiting. A word that I believe if we will receive it will provoke us to thought and it will draw our attention and it will prompt a response and it will produce action and it will elicit a move out of us stimulating our heart and our spirit. I believe that God wants you and I to explore and experience the depths of His riches. I believe that He wants us to experience Him in the ultimate dimension, to the utmost. I I do not believe that God would be as great as He is and not want you and I to discover that greatness. I believe that God wants you and I not only to discover His greatness, but I believe He wants us to discover our greatness. Now, I know that makes you comfortable because it makes me uncomfortable. But I believe that's still the truth. Unfortunately, many of us spend our lives living in mediocrity. And we live way below the place that we could be and we should be. All too often in life, we, 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 we live limited, stunted, undeveloped, arrested, uh, restrained lives, narrow and reduced and checkmated. Our lives, more often than not, seem incomplete and they seem imperfect. I cannot tell you how many times as a pastor I've had people come to me and say, Oh, Brother Hughes, I feel so inadequate. I feel so incomplete. I want to find the will of God. And usually they have this distant look in their eye when they say that. Usually means to me that there's a move coming on of some kind. Life is restricted and limited by so many things, boundaries, and and we, we marginalize our life more often than not by our own limitations. There are some things in this life that are extremely intimidating for me to consider. And I, I dare say that you would agree with me today that when we contemplate them, they are too daunting. They, we, we are, we are overwhelmed. We feel like that, that idea is unapproachable. And when we consider them, 
We are stunted and we are stymied and blocked and we stop short because we feel like in our own mind that may be true, but it's not something that will ever be true about me. Amen. It will never be true about my situation. There are two words that I want to draw your attention to this morning that convey what I'm trying to get at. Thoughts that are completely overwhelming to my mind. And when they are spoken, there's a part of me that cringes and draws back. The first word is the the word great. Now, I don't know if that really messes with you like it messes with me, but when when I start thinking about this guy being great, it makes me nervous. I get the heebie-jeebies, if you know what that is. Because when I look up the definition of great, it reinforces what I feel. Countless, prodigious, excessive. Boundless, unlimited, abundant, numerous, huge, famous, wonderful, impressively large, powerful, bigger than others, much, important, exceptionally talented, expert, very good. Now I like to think that that principle is a true principle, but I have a hard time relating that principle to me. (laughs) The other word that really gets in my gizzard is the word greatest. You talk about really intimidating. You thought great was intimidating. Wait till you hear this one. It means the utmost. (laughs) It means the noblest. It means the coolest, the most famous, countless, extreme, completest, hugest. I didn't even think that was a word, but it is. Ultimate, paramount, highest, supreme, maximum, ultimate. I'm already feeling like a worm. We don't feel like those words relate to us most often in life. Matter of fact, we, we pretty much look down on people that think they're the greatest. We, we, we kind of look out of the corner of our eye at somebody that thinks they're great. Not even greatest, just great. Extraordinary. Super. And then super duper. But I want to, I'm going to really shake up your boat today. I want to talk to you about how to become great. Can I talk to you about how to become the greatest? Now, some of you are nervous. Just relax. You can take the seatbelt off. I'm not going to wreck. I'm not going to run. I'm not going 90 miles an hour. I'm going real slow right now so you can stay up with me. 
and, 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 and pick up on what I'm trying to say. But I want to help you understand how to get to great. How to get to the greatest. I want to come against the false ideas that seem to imply certain things in regard to us. And they trap us in this narrow, limited, restricted, bounded life. I want to take away your excuses today. Amen. I want to take away my excuses. I'm going to reach out today and grab hold of your crutches. And I'm going to yank them out from under you. I'm going to be mean for a little while. Not in a mean way, but hopefully in a helpful way. More than anything, I want to destroy some lies that we in our own mind have begun to believe. In particular, the false expectation of what greatness is. How does least become greatest? How does that happen? How do you move from being the most insignificant to the most cherished and looked for and desired of all? How do you move from being small and insignificant and sitting on the sideline and being here but not being apart. How how do you move from the least to the greatest? Well, I think most of us understand that that doesn't happen overnight and it doesn't happen in one step and it doesn't happen in one day and it certainly doesn't happen in one service. But rather, it's an accumulation of many things. And so, are you ready for the revelation? This is going to blow your mind. Are you ready to have your mind blown? The way from great and greatest, from least to great and greatest, I should say, is down the unpopular path of greater. Now, that word is not like greatest and great. It's different in the fact that You don't have to be the best to be better. You just have to be better. You don't have to be the coolest. You just need to be a little cooler. You don't have to be the most spiritual. You just need to be a little more spiritual. You don't have to be the smartest. You just need to be a little smarter. You see, we spend our life hung up on these concepts and ideas and and things that we think and we envision and we hear people talk about great revival, the greatest move of God. And then we look around at our life and we wonder why. Why is it not happening where I'm at? I'm going to tell you the path to greatness and the path to great is down a road that nobody wants to travel, but it's called the road of greater. Amen. 
Not the largest, but just bigger, larger. Not the most, but just more. That's all that God's really asking for any of us to do is just more. He's not asking me to be Superman this morning or to, or, or to work some miraculous thing in his life. But what he's asking me to do is what I can do where I am with what I have. You see, I am personally tired of me. And I'm going to include you in it because I think you're just as guilty as I am. But I'm tired of me being limited by unreal expectations. And I'm weary with people and myself who because they cannot do a great thing, they do no thing. I want to sing a lead. I want to play the keyboard. I want to be a leader. I want God to use me in gifts. I want God to speak through me in in, in spiritual ways. I want God to help me to be great. And yet we're unwilling to walk down the path that will get us there. We're satisfied talking about it. And when the preacher starts talking about it, we go to sleep. Because that's not what we're wanting to hear. We want somebody to come out with a little magic potion and a little hocus-pocus powder and sprinkle it over us and all of a sudden, poof, there we are. We're like Superman. We go into the booth, close as one person, we come out, we're ready to go. And the truth of life is that nothing in life works that way. And the reason some of us are hung up in the condition that we're in today and we're hung up in this mediocrity and we feel unfulfilled and we feel incomplete and and we don't know where our ministry is is because we're not doing any kind of ministry right now. Maybe you need to put your seatbelt on. You see, the path to get to the greatest is a really boring path. It's laborious. It's time consuming. It takes work. There's going to be some sweat equity involved in it. There's going to be some pain. There, There's actually going to be time that you're going to go that nothing is going to seem like it's working. I mean, from the time that he drops that seed into the ground until it begins to come up out of the ground, it's not overnight. It takes a while for that process to take place. But we are wanting to throw something in the ground today and tomorrow reap everything. We, we want to put something in and then we, ex- we stand back and say, okay, God, I did what you said, give. And we're unwilling to walk down the path that it takes to get to that goal that 
that ultimate desire, that thing that God has for us. And so we spend so much of our life frustrated and 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 going from here to there and and looking from this thing and this new bible study or this new prayer thing or this new idea and i'm not against all those i i believe all of those are vital to everything that we are and represent but i'm just telling you here today that the way to get to the place that you want to get to is not through some hocus pocus houdini thing that comes along but it's through this laborious path of doing the little things and the insignificant things and the unnoticed things. But you keep doing them because you know where they lead. You see, I'm, I'm weary with myself making excuses for why I'm not closer to God. I'm weary with myself for not really being more sensitive to God. I want to blame it on my schedule. I want to blame it on other people. I want to blame it on distractions or interruptions. But the reality is the reason that I'm not any more sensitive or closer to God than I am right now is because I have not taken that journey. Amen. You see, it limits my life. And... It frustrates my life. And you know what? I believe it's got to be frustrating to God. Because some of us are going around with a seed in our pocket. And we pull it out. We rub it. We pray over it. We talk about it. Our gift. This is, this is what we are. This is who we are. Put it right back in our pocket. We go home. We go through our daily routine. We come back to church. We pull it back out. Now, Lord, this is what you call me to do. This is what you laid in my heart to do. And then we get frustrated. I don't understand it. I I, I feel like I'm doing everything I need to be doing. You know what? That seed was not designed to be in your pocket. God made it to be in the ground. And until you plant it, until you invest something in it, it cannot invest anything in you. Wow. You see, we want God to buy into us our needs, our desires, our problems. But we're not willing to buy into God. Because God's process is a lot different than ours. I mean, we're used to driving up at the window and giving an order and moving to the next window and it being put out and moving on down the road. And it has conditioned our life to feel like when we come to church, it's got to be like popcorn. But when you put it on there, it doesn't take on. Man, we got it. But we're not, we, we don't grow. We don't really get any closer to God because everything's based on some emotion. We got the seed in us. We, we, we talk about, we, we talk about what could be, what happened if we did do it, but we don't somehow ever get around to doing it. And then we wonder why the great things that God wants to do for us never come to pass. Or we wonder why the greater things 
are, are, are not happening. And it's because we are not always doing greater. We're not doing more. We're not investing ourselves more. And so the Holy Ghost has been working me over, over the last little while about my own disposition and about my own attitude and spirit about all this. And He said, if you want to see greatness, if you want to see great, you need to start working on greater. Pray a little more. Read the Word a little more. Witness a little more. Encourage somebody a little more. Invest yourself a little more. And you find that as you do that little more, God takes the little more and somehow multiplies it to be something you couldn't even expect or anticipate what it could be. The widow that had the the problem in the Old Testament, her husband had died and the debtors had come to collect. She didn't have anything to give them. So she did what a lot of people do. I would do it. I'd go to the preacher. Preacher, I got a problem. I need help. And so the preacher said, okay, what, what's your problem? My problem is the debtors, they're coming. They, if I don't pay my debt, they're going to take my kids away. I need help. And Elisha says, well, okay. What do you have in your house? Seems like a dumb question to ask. How's that going to affect my problem? Well, the bottom line is God wants a starting point in all of us. And what's in your house is the starting point. And this is what she said. This is what we say. I don't have anything. That's what she said. I don't have anything except a little cruise of oil. That's all I've got. You know what the problem with you and I? We spend so much of our life talking about and thinking about and being frustrated over what we don't have that we overlook what we do have. And so we never use what we do have because we keep thinking one of these days we're going to wake up and it's all going to be there. The whole barrel, the whole bank is going to just open up and say, come on in, take whatever you need. And he said, what do you have in your house? Nothing except. Can you understand this morning that your exception is God's opportunity to work a miracle in your life? That what you discount and what you put marginalized and say, well, it, it, I'm not really that talented. You don't have to be that talented. You know, you, you, we're not all gifted like Mozart that started playing his first concert at the age of four. I mean, I took piano lessons until I drove my piano teacher mad and she was asking my parents not to bring me back. So I figured out real early I wasn't going to be Mozart. But I didn't go through life beating myself up because I couldn't be Mozart. I don't even know if I want to be Mozart. I'm thankful that somebody else is. But I don't have to be that. All that I need to worry about is what I can be. And we're spending our life frustrating ourselves and everybody else around us. Because we can't be something that we want to be. 
And it's not in my wheelhouse to be that. I just need to accept that, but realize that there is something I can be. And the psalmist thought about it, and he said, I tell you what, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord and be able just to open the door and let people come in and out to worship than anything else I know of. It does, I don't have to sit on the throne. I don't have to be the greatest. I don't have to be great in the kingdom. All I'm looking for is just a place where I can get plugged in and where you can use me. And however that is, God, that's what I'm hungry for. I, I just wondered last night, while I was trying to go to bed, I just wondered what kind of revival would break out in this church if some of you would just start working with what you've got. I wonder what kind of change would happen in your family if you'd quit using that excuse of what you can't be and what you can't do, and what you can't have. And walk into what you do have and say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what I've got. This is what I've discovered about God, and I've said it before. If you don't learn how to be thankful for what you've got, God's not going to give you what you want. But if you can ever get to the place where you can look around and say, You know what? It's not the biggest but it's mine. It's it, God's give. This is what I'm thankful for. And even if it's a little hovel, or it, it, it's not the, the 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 choicest piece, or it's not the ideal thing, it, it's it, it's all right, God. I, I'm I'm content with being able to be used in this measure because I know that if you can use me in this measure, somewhere down the road there's a transformation that can take place and I can become what I can't even imagine becoming. I'm just wondering in my mind if a seed could think. If a seed could think. I wonder what that little bitty tiny mustard seed was thinking when it went into the ground. I dare say it wasn't thinking about being a great tree. It was just thinking about how am I going to get out of this thing? (laughs) How am I going to overcome this? All this pressure that's on me. All this darkness that's around me. Now I know I'm being facetious right now. But the reality is what that seed had the potential of becoming. Nobody looking at it could have said oh that's a tree right there. That's a preacher right there. That's a prayer warrior right there. That's a soul winner right there. That's a singer. That's a choir leader. That's a Sunday school teacher. Why? Because we look around and... You talk about this? You mean, this is going to do great things? Yes, this can do great things. I never have understood of the church. But the Bible says if there's any sick among you, Call for the elders of the church, anointing them with oil. I've had people ask me, what is this? Is this some kind of Houdini stuff? Is this some, some kind of secret potion that you guys have? Did you get this from the Holy Land? No, it did. I think this may have come from Kroger. I'm not sure. It doesn't matter where it came from. 
It's what it signifies. It's what it represents. It's an act of faith that God, if this is how you said healing can come, then this is what I'm willing to do to let healing come into my life. I don't have to have an explanation. I'm just going to do it. And so we anoint him with oil and we believe that the prayer of faith shall save the sick and raise them up. Why? Not because there's anything great in this, but because there's something powerful in your faith that said, God, if this is what you want to use, then use it. Because I believe greater things can come out of this if you'll just use what I have right now. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and give Him some praise right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. You, you can stand. I, I need to finish because I don't have enough time to preach all this. Whoo, maybe I need to finish it tonight. Here, here's what I'm going to leave you with. People want a great prayer life. I'm going to tell you how to get it. Start praying. Start praying with the prayers that you have. I've had people say, Brother Hughes, that Saturday night prayer, that just gets me. I I can't pray an hour. Two hours. You you pray from six to eight. Sometimes that's not even long enough. Okay, I got that. I'm not asking you to pray two hours. I'd be satisfied with ten minutes. You see, we want God to do greater things in our life. We're just unwilling to do greater things for Him. You want greater faith? I'm going to tell you how to get greater faith. Just start using what you've got. What is the secret to going from the least to the greatest? Just simply doing a little more what you're doing right now. A little more. A little closer to God. I wonder this morning, I want to ask you a very personal question. And I want you to be honest with me. More so, I want you to be honest with yourself. I want to ask you this question. Has there ever been a time in your life that you were closer to God than you are right now? And if there is, or if there has been, what would it take to get you moving back in that direction? Not some gigantic leap. Not some knockdown, drag out service where everybody's slain in the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you how it can happen. It's where you're at right now. You acknowledge, God, I'm not doing all that I could do. I'm not doing really anything with what I've got. I complain about it, but I'm not really doing anything with it. But I tell you what, starting today, I'm going to give you a starting point for a miracle in my life. I'm going to step out. I'm going to come pray. 
I'm, I'm going to join around this altar. I, I don't care if anybody else comes. I don't care what they think. I don't care what they say. I'm not even looking for them. I just know where I need to be. And I know what I feel you drawing me toward. I know what I felt you talking to me about. And I'm not there, but I want to be there. So I'm asking you to help me to take that next step. Help me to take that next step to move today in a direction that will bring me closer to that spiritual reality. That I'll quit using the excuses that I do. Well, I've been hurt. I've been lied about. I've been mistreated. I've been this or that. And we've, we've all been done that way. I'm, I've been done that way. It, it happens in life. I'm not making light of it. it. It hurts. There's nothing that hurts deeper than being betrayed by your closest friends and confidence. But it does happen. Sometimes we allow that to marginalize us. And we allow that to make us a wounded vessel. And so we we feel like we can't participate, we can't be involved because I've been wounded. And the Scripture says that He has come to heal the brokenhearted, to bind up, to bind up the bruised, those who have been hurt, His ministry was to help put you back in the place where He could use you. And though you may look at yourself this morning as insignificant, I'm a has-been, I'm a used-to-be, there's nothing like that in God's economy. It's never too late to be used by God. And you've never made too many mistakes in your life for God to turn that around and start using you. All it takes is a step. God, I want to get closer to you. I want to be closer to you. All it takes is a move in His direction. That's all it takes. It begins something. It's a starting point for God. And that's all God's ever needed was a starting point. It could be a loaf of of bread and a few fishes. It, it, It could be something as insignificant as a boy's sack lunch. But if you bring it to Him, if you give it to Him, He's able to take it and make it meet the need. And not just meet the need, but abundantly over the top. (laughs) They gathered up 12 baskets full because God's blessings are so prodigious that He doesn't know when to stop. When you start, when you make that move, when you decide, you know what, I need to get closer to God. I want to be a part of this revival that God's sending in this hour. I want to be a part of this next phase of Greater Life Church. I don't want to just be an occupant in the building. I don't want to just be somebody that sits on the pews. I want to be able to do my part. I want to be a, a, I want to be a, a tool in God's hand. If you feel that way, obey. I'm asking you not to move because somebody else moves. I'm just asking you to obey the drawing of the Holy Ghost right now. And if there's something in you that says, come on, you can do a little more.
Come on, you can get a little closer to me. Come on, you need to walk nearer to me. Would you just respond to that right now? Would you allow the Holy Ghost to draw you into this place? Draw you near to His presence? Oh yes, people here today that need to draw near to Him. God, if there's ever been a time that I've been closer to You than I am right now, God, help me. I want to get back to that place and beyond. I don't want to live in the shadows of what was. I want to live within the light of what is. Oh God, help me to live in the promises that are. The promises that are present. In the name of Jesus, Lord, right now, touch our hearts and draw us. Draw us, draw us, draw us. us. Let us be brought to that place of brokenness before you again. Let us humble ourselves before your mighty hand. Let us respond, Lord. Oh, God, in any way that we can. I want to be a tool. I want to be a vessel in some measure, Lord, if I'm nothing more than an encourager. If I'm nothing more than somebody that lifts up the hands that hang down. If I'm nothing more than someone who strengthens the feeble knees, Lord. God, let that ministry begin today in my life. Oh, God, let it begin just doing a little more. Just a little closer to God. Just a little more involvement. Just a little more commitment. That's how you get to great. Lord, my life That's how you get to greatest. Is in your oh, yes, yes, Lord, yes. Give Him what you have today. Give Him what you are today. To Say, God, use me in this stage of my life. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. 